welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. Mm, I like the way you said that. Do you? Your name part, yeah. <laughs> How did I say my name? Just try it again. I'm Robert Kane. I'm Rick Romlick. And this is Simple Theology. Welcome. <laughs> what was it about my name that, that you liked? The way that I said Maybe, it? I don't know. You just, the way you just comes off your tongue, mm. just with like the right amount of like authority but or confidence but not arrogance and you know clarity without all right um, chaos you know? wow it's good color me flattered man I'll i have no it. idea what that means <laughs> i will take it can you um, explain that for a second i don't know what's happening on my computer right now color me flattered means uh i'm flattered why would you want someone to like take a crayola crayon and color you it's, it's an expression but i legit don't get it that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm flattered. Thank you for your nice comments. It's very sweet of you. You don't want to help me understand? Nah. Too much work for you? Yeah. I take everything back. <laughs> take it all back. Sorry, I I'm a little distracted right now because my iTunes, my phone's plugged into my computer charging. Well, you can put it there and charge it. My iTunes is saying something weird's happening. But let's, let's focus in on the yeah, listeners let's focus here. In. What time is it right now, Rick? It's uh, 7.03. A.M. Eastern Standard Time. We did a little prep last night, did a little prep this morning. Mm-hmm. So occasionally, I'll Danielle and I and Finn, we don't leave her home. We, we bring her along. <laughs> and Neville. <laughs> and Neville, yeah. He's in the room with us. Typical. Classic. Uh, we will. We should start introducing Neville as well, because he's like our most common guest on the show. That's true. Um, but we'll make our way up to Mount Vernon. And if we've got something going on there the next day, like for instance, we're recording today on Labor Day. Happy Labor um, Day. Yeah, which hopefully your Labor Day was good. Um, it's not Labor Day today when you listen, but hopefully you had a good Labor Day. But It's it's Labor Day today when I'm listening. That's true. Yeah, that's right. It's been a good day so far. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, but sometimes when we come up here, We'll just, we'll just stay the night with the Gromlicks. They've got a nice new place and plenty and of space. We, we love having you guys here. Oh, thanks. You, you guys that. make us feel welcome. Well, good. So, and sometimes vice versa. But when we do, Rick and I end up having... We don't make you feel welcome? No, I said vice versa. Yeah. You don't enjoy it? You don't, we we Sometimes welcome. you guys stay with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. And then whenever one of us stays at the other person's place, Rick and I, we end up getting up pretty early to record. Capitalize. Well, we're we're kind of early risers anyway, so yeah, it's not like. But it's I was a, kind of expecting to sleep in on Labor Day. It's not a big deal that I didn't, but. Well, yeah, you should know. I mean, this is what we do, baby. We're committed to this. We're committed to the podcast. Committed the to listeners, the art. Producing the goods. Mm. Okay, so speaking of listeners. Mm. Yeah. Well, actually, before before we get there, because we do have a voicemail that we want to play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Did you listen to it? No, I haven't. It was, it was really Wait, difficult. What, what was that? Um, you have a readout on your screen of it. It's transcribed, but. Did you read it? Yeah. I, I oh, mean, I've so seen, you listened to it. I those oftentimes get it wrong. Rob broke his uh, word. No, I didn't. Last episode, he promised he wouldn't. And he I just promised I wouldn't listen. Oh. Anyway, we've got some things, some coals, some what is it? Coals in the. Irons in the fire. Irons in the we fire. Got some irons in the fire. You could have coals in the fire too. Yeah, you could. Hot embers. Yeah. Um, irons Rick, in the you fire. Want, you want to talk about that? Some things that might be coming when this episode drops. 
some new things that may be around. Yeah, so um, you guys obviously will hear this episode. It should be the 4th of September, um, that Wednesday. And uh, as Rob alluded, we got some we got some irons in the fire. Uh, we're actually going to take this on the road. We have our sp- first speaking tour. No. Um, we bought a bus. Stop it. And we're going to flip it and turn it into like a schoolie. That's literally um, Rick's dream. Yeah, it is. No, we're not doing that. But on some really exciting stuff, A, um, we're launching... A new website. Heyo. Rob has put thousands of man hours into oh this my thing. Goodness. And um, it looks phenomenal. If you don't like it, don't say anything about it, okay? Just only good reviews. Appreciate that. Yeah. Even bigger, though, and this is no joke, we have some merch. Some merch? A little bit of merchandise. Simple theology. Uh, we got some. We got a, a, a zip up hoodie. We got. Th- three quarter length tee. Yep. We got some beanies. We got some ball caps. Yep. Man, I need a decal for my car. A bumper no, sticker. No, stop it. Get a nice little those. round bumper sticker. No. Why not? I don't know if we even can. No, you can't. I would actually like to get it's some America, round stickers. It's America 2019. We can do whatever the heck we want. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to look into something yeah, like anyway, that. Anyway, no, but seriously, on Wednesday, this stuff is, is popping up. So when you hear this episode on Wednesday, you can go to simpletheology.org, go to our new website, and... Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about that. You can click on the little, I think it's a, a cart or a little basket thing. No, it should be uh, up at the top. It should be something that says shop. Mm, yes, that's it. That's it. See, I'm on the old website. I that's know, why. I know. Yep, 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 see? And uh, you'll scroll through, you, you'll see these things. We... Um, we're not getting rich off this stuff by any means. Yeah, by zero means. Um, but we we are trying to support the company here. Yeah, and we're trying to sell sell this stuff for like just over cost. Yeah. So. To support. We're trying not literally to. Literally simple theology. Not. Yeah, we're not trying to make a big profit on these things, but figured it'd be fun to have some of these. And so yeah. Tried to get some decent things in there. If you think you, you would like something else, uh, maybe we could throw our stuff on, then let us know. Yeah, I, I don't know what all we can put it on, but and, we can and, check. I'll just throw this out there. I mean, we're, we are um, we're limited men. We, we can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So if there is a mm-hmm. listener who's like, "Man, I love like working up logo ideas or some design things," and you wanna you wanna put some stuff together and pitch it to us, or not even pitch it, but say, "Hey, what do you guys think?" Like, we can't guarantee that we're going to use it, but we'd love to see. If we uh, had a resident graphic designer, mm, that would be huge. Resident. Or somebody who knows how to... Are they going to live with you or me? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> somebody who knows how to do this whole merch thing mm. better than us. Yeah. That would be a big blessing to us. So maybe you're out there and you're that person. And it takes you like 20 minutes for something like that. Where Lord's it takes us call on several you. hours. He's got to call on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Reach um, out to us. And when, when Rob says us, he means himself. It takes him several hours. Hey, um, you gave me some good feedback last night when I was showing you the stuff. Yeah, that's about. That's what I'm good at. Um, I'm good at being a critic, like every other person on the planet. <laughs> okay, so let, let's let's keep going here. Let's yeah. keep moving. We're moving forward. All right, so we got a listener. Yeah, we do have a listener. Before now, today we are oh. talking about the um, the confessions again, and mm. today it's on providence. It's providence. Yes. So, but we're not we're not hopping into that just yet. We're going to listen to this voicemail. That Rob's um, already listened to. I have not listened to it. Okay. And um, then we'll hop into it. I wanted to have like a, a fun sound effect. Got one? No. Got one I, lined up? I don't. I need to find one for 
voicemails because this is like a new thing on our on our program adding these voicemails in you guys can see this is clearly not a polished product but i would like to have some kind of voicemail i don't know transition sound but we don't have that what's so the, what's the pivot one here click it oh jesus this is, this is good You don't know that's from? It says friends. It is friends. I've tried. You haven't seen that episode with Ross? So. Oh, Ross is, is moving. He's got. Or they're doing oh, something on the couch. Oh yes, it's this really famous one. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is a famous one. So yeah. Okay. Um, for you friends fans out there, you're welcome for that. Yeah. For you non-friends fans out there, um, we apologize for that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so can, can we be both? Can we be both? Can we be like, hey, that was for you guys, and then like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. I don't so know. Not, we're the, not genuinely sorry. The people pleaser in me wants to say yes. Yeah, you can't. Then I'm going to go ahead and say, friends, fans, you're welcome. There you go. Okay, so here, here's the voicemail. It is from a guy named Dan. Dan, thanks for calling in. Here we go. Yeah, my name is Dan, and I've been a really big fan of the podcast. And you guys, what you do is just amazing and what you talk about. Until it, it was great until a few weeks ago when Rob started talking about like dirty hipsters, and I was kind of really offended by how he would talk about the millennial Christians like that and our need for our pour over coffee and our leather aprons. So I mean, I think I need an explanation as to why. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, okay, Dan? we will not be doing that again. Dan, I'm <laughs> we will be wa- listening to these before. <laughs> Rob's like as red as all get out. <laughs> okay. Um, well. Well, Dan. Wow. Thank you for your Dan, honesty. Thank you for the honesty. For your candidness. Yep. Um, forgive me for Whew. the way that I talked about it. I certainly wasn't trying to offend anybody. That's a heck of a way to open a show. So Rick has accused me before of whoa, that's strong. of being a hipster. Um. No, I said hipster tendencies. Okay, hipster tendencies. Yeah. Um. I love pour over coffee. Mm-hmm. I love. The whole like hipster aesthetic when it's done well, aesthetically pleasing because it's aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. Um, because I, I I just enjoy it. I yeah. hipster coffee shops are my favorite. Um, we visited Substance Church a couple well, weeks ago. I was and, asking you to like well, defend yourself. Well, I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to give some context. Okay, and I love the way that I mean I love the way everything's done there. The the mm. the principles and the practices um, culture but the yeah but the uh the way they decorated they, they had the leather aprons and they had pour over coffee which i thought was amazing mm-hmm. so I, I like all that stuff so when i when i make fun of hipsters yeah or millennials i am a millennial yeah and i'm f- kind of i'm not i'm not full-fledged hipster but i have hipster tendencies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm more so poking fun at those people who are in my tribe so i i I apologize that that may have come across as condescending or anything like that, but I didn't mean to do that, but certainly was more so just trying to make fun of my own. Dude, I don't even know if Dan's going to be listening to this. He might not be. He might, have, he might have already well, said, you he, know what, to heck with you guys. He, he did have a question, um, and he said, what can you define a dirty hipster as in oh, comparison to uh, a clean hipster? That, he said that? I'm pretty sure. I can read it here. I was kind of really offended. Have you talk about the millennial Christians like that and our need for our pour over coffee and leather aprons? Um, until a few weeks ago when Rob started talking about dirty hipsters. And I was kind of really offended by how he would talk. Okay. So I didn't ask. 
Okay. So maybe that was my question then. Okay, what's your question? What can you can you clarify dirty hipster compared to hipster? <laughs> yeah. Um dirty hipster. This sound this sounds so mean. Like I'm, I'm a fairly nice person. Those are nice your words, person. Rob. So uh um <laughs> dirty hipster <laughs> is someone who would dress and um I guess enjoy like hipster esque things mm-hmm. and goes so far to the point of quote-unquote hipster that they're not showering like that's that's one of the hipster things is not showering for like days on end i didn't which, know that well that, that's part of the reason they get a bad rap you're not a, a hipster in that sense well it's early right now i planned on showering after this so i guess in this moment maybe i am oh well Rob's a dirty hipster. Dirty hipster. Um, well, so yeah, when we when we say that, it's, it's like Rick and I making fun of each other. Like we we're, we're poking fun at our own. When we make fun of the reformed crowd, like we are making fun of our own because we are in that reformed camp. So when I make fun of dirty hipsters, it's it's because they're like I feel like they're like cousins to me. So dirty hipsters. See, it's a thing. You just you're, googled it. You're right. All kinds of images for it. So okay. Well, Dan, I, I thank would not you for... read the Urban Dictionary one. I don't know what it is. Is it safe? Is it safe to yeah, read? No, I don't think so. Is it ever? I know that's what I'm saying. You're on. You're on Urban Dictionary though. So yeah, it was the first link that popped up. You know. Okay, so let's let's hop into the topic here. Well, I just want to say thanks, Dan, for your honesty, calling in, um, making me feel really awkward. Yep, that was so th- that was. Good this stuff. is obviously a podcast, so we could edit stuff out, but yeah. we try to keep it. No, we're not. As Rick would say, "Al natural." Oh, natural. Like, we try to make this After we shower. whole thing um, very, like, you're in the room. Authentic. Not, not curated. Genuine. Yeah. We just try to make the sound... Hashtag real. Decent. Yeah. No, it, we have really good sound. I hope so. I, we, we do. We have great sound. That I have put a lot of hours into mm-hmm. trying to um, fix. Yeah. Thanks, Dan, for doing that. I, I will say uh, that will probably probably be the last time we just uh, cold play um, <laughs> a, a recording on the... Uh, yeah, probably. Recording. Probably is an understatement. Yeah, it will be the last time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but even just, still, thank I you, Dan, for calling. I just wish I could have had my phone and got a picture of, of Rob's face. I just put my my it face in like, my hands. There's like this like bury my face in my hands like moment. This is happening, and then it was like the, lean the head way back and like oh my gosh, the, my worst nightmare is coming true. Yeah, I've, Which, like if I if I didn't that, know I, me and I heard that I would be like dang whoever. Or he's talking about is a real tool. <laughs> I think he hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did have this weird dream last night. I'm going to share with you later. <laughs> like, what is about happening you, right now? You and your family. This um, is... Your dad was in it, though. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Okay. All right. For those of you who don't know, my dad passed away in 2015. So. Yeah, four years. All right. Let's get into this topic. Let's get into the topic. uh, It's been a few minutes. Yeah, 15. So that's actually terrible. We Um, are in the confessions, and we're. I'll read. I'll go ahead and start with the abstract principles, and then we can talk about some things that we like about that and the London Baptist and the Westminster. And you notice we didn't mention the New Hampshire. uh, Get out of here, New Hampshire. Because the New Hampshire skipped this portion. Do they even? Uh, At least that's what Rick said. Do they even theology? (laughs) Do they even do theology? No. So they have a lot of points, but they didn't. I didn't find a category that they covered that quite fit into this. Yep, which is so, fine. So that's going to happen. Yep. So here we go. The abstract of principles on providence. Sorry, I had to burp there. Okay. It says, God from eternity decrees or permits all things that come to pass 
and perpetually upholds, directs, and governs all creatures and all events, yet so as not in any wise to be the author or approver of sin, nor to destroy the free will and responsibility of intelligent creatures. Mm. Crush it. Abstract. So you didn't, I'm looking at this, it doesn't look like you have anything in here, but there was something that I wanted to point at, where the abstract says, that last phrase. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about providence, Rick, you want to give a quick definition of providence? Wow. Um, yeah, so... I'll look one up, too. Just there's so. Baker's if you want to grab it. Oh, yeah. What I would say, though, I mean, just up to the right. Where? Right. Oh, there uh, it is. Above my New City Catechism, which I don't know how to use. Um, yeah, you don't. No, I, I would say that just a layman's version, that God um, is over all things, and that his one, this comes from the word provide, that he is the provider of of the plan of humanity and how things orchestrate and his sovereignness over those things plays out in multiple ways. Now there's a tremendous amount of depth to that, but more or less God's sovereign and he works things for his good, his plan. Okay. And Baker so, says... let's see uh, if you and Greg Allison agree. Oh, Greg. You probably said it better than Greg Allison. Yeah, just, I usually do. Yeah, you usually do. But let's let's just, for the sake of it, yeah. throw Greg Allison a hum- bone and see, what, see how he does it. <laughs> So he says, uh, the conti- providence is the continuing work of God to sustain this created universe in existence and to direct it toward its end. Providence, from the Latin providere, to provide beforehand, I probably butchered that, includes one, preservation, God's work to maintain the creation in existence and functioning as he designed it, two, cooperation, God's work of collaborating with all created realities as they act and occur. And three, government. God's work of directing the creation toward its divinely purposed end. Mm. I mean, he was close, I think. Yeah, I I, I would take yours over it, man, if it makes you feel any better. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so it talks about... Obviously, we're on providence, but it talks about there that God's providence does not make him in any way the author or approver of sin, mm-hmm. nor to destroy the free will and responsibility of intelligent creatures. So, this is getting kind of into the weeds of the doctrine of compatibilism, mm. which we've done an episode on it. So, if you go to our website and type in the search bar, compatible or compatibilism, um, if you just put the first part of that, because that can be a goofy word to spell, but if you look for it, you can see the the episode that we did on it, some resources there, but essentially what it says is that... You and your spouse... Are compatible. compatible. That's right. Then God will provide for you. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) His providence is there. That's it. Yep. You nailed it. Um, (laughs) No, that, that God's providence in all things and man's free will are in fact compatible they can work together oftentimes theologians want to pit one against the other and that is unnecessary we can actually agree that god's free or god's providence and man's free will they work together yet and and the next episode that we're going to talk on this is going to be on election which we've done election before we've done calvinism arminianism before oh that election yeah yeah that that one um, Actually, a lot more controversial. A lot more controversial. Think about it. But as guys who are in the Reformed camp, we 
agree that God is provident, that he is um, sovereign over all things. That famous quote by Spurgeon, that God holds even the tiniest dust mote in the air exactly where he wants it to be, and that nothing operates outside of God's providence. And that's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't eliminate our responsibility. It doesn't eliminate our free will. Um, because of this doctrine of compatibilism. And if you want to see an example of that, all, I mean, there are plenty of examples in Scripture of this doctrine, but one explicit one is in the story of Joseph. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Joseph, I, I think it starts in like Genesis chapter 38, 37 or 38, and Joseph is um, the son of Jacob. He's one of the what, 12 sons of Jacob? He had many sons. Yeah, say what? He had many sons. I think it's 12. Yeah. You're thinking of Abraham? Father Abraham. He had two sons. No, he had many sons. And many sons also also had Father Abraham. (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm one of them. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of town. (laughs) You you rascal. Okay, so yeah, uh, Joseph is the the son of Jacob, and he's the, the second youngest, and he is... Jacob's favorite. So Jacob gives him like this colored robe that signifies his favor towards him and his brothers don't like him for it. And then he has these dreams of his brothers bowing down to him. Then he has these dreams of his brothers and his parents bowing down to him. And he he decides it's a good idea to tell his brothers who don't like him that, hey, I had a dream that you guys are going to worship me someday, that you're going to bow down to me. And we, we have no idea why Joseph would think that is a good idea. But God gave him one to his father, Jacob, and God orchestrated that Jacob would love him more. Mm-hmm. And then God gave Joseph these dreams. Joseph, I mean, Joseph didn't ask for these dreams the same way you probably didn't ask for the dream that you had last night about myself and my family and my dad, which is a whole other topic that I'm excited to talk about off air. And then God gives Joseph the kind of personality that would think it's a good idea to tell these stories or these dreams to his brothers, not once, but twice even after they reacted poorly the first time. And so then his brothers throw him into uh, this pit, get sold into slavery, da 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 So then at the end of the story, mm-hmm. we see that Joseph's brothers, all this stuff has come to pass now. Joseph is basically number two in Egypt, and God has orchestrated this stuff so that uh, those who are going through a famine would be able to get food, um, highly encourage you to read the story. We don't have time to go through all of it right now, but Jacob is about to die. And Joseph's brothers are concerned that once Jacob dies, once their father dies, Joseph is going to take revenge and he's going to kill the brothers. Mm -hmm. That's what they're worried about. So picking up in verse 15 of Genesis 50, we see this. When When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about 
to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. So these brothers, Provision. we see that God has orchestrated all of this. He has providentially and he has sovereignly orchestrated all of this activity so that many would be saved physically. And yet, even though God was the one who orchestrated this, his brothers recognize that they're the ones who bear the guilty responsibility. They're saying, Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And they tell, they say, yeah, Joseph said, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And Joseph says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so what we see is that God is sovereignly working, but that does not interfere with the fact that we are uh, responsible for our actions and that we have uh, the the will and the ability to make decisions mm-hmm. that are in align in accordance with the sovereignty and the providence of God. Yet we do bear responsibility for those things. Right. So that's that's compatibilism in a nutshell. And you can look further into it. It's it's really helpful in understanding the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, how they can in fact be compatible. But the abstract talks about that. It it touches on it in what it's saying when it talks about providence by saying Yet, at, yet so as not in any wise to be the author or approver of sin, nor to destroy the free will and responsibility of intelligent creatures. That is the abstract on providence. I think it's, it's good to, rem- to remember as, as we're working through these things, God's providence is his providence to fulfill his overall um, will, not necessarily his... Um, you know, just what you want or, or to provide for you. We touch on this, I feel like, a lot. But it's the idea that, that God's not just your wish maker. He's not here to, to just give you a good life. But he's here to He's here to give you your best life now. Well, then you're going to hell. <laughs> um, no, but he's genuinely here to, to provide for, for us um, in, a, in a unique way, in a way that we might not understand right now. Keep in mind, we're talking about eternal matters. And one thing that was an abstract that I just want to pull out, it talks about how he perpetually upholds and directs and governs all creatures and all events. And then it goes in that part, yes, so as not to, in any wise to be the author of or approval of sin nor destroy the free will. Um, that he's, he's holding all these things together. And, and oftentimes we can view God as, as he's up there, and he's um, he cares, but we don't see him as like this being that's holding the universe together, hmm. holding his will together. In the midst of man's rebellion, in the midst of chaos, he's fulfilling his will, and and that's what um, we see in the in God's providence, so that He can bring about His ordained plan. Yeah, praise God for that. And, and it's, I mean, I'm sure you already touch this but like it's for our good mm-hmm. for his glory and for our good which i think you're highlighting here mm-hmm. in the in the london here we go this is a, a portion i pulled out it says like that transition in his um infinite power and wisdom doth uphold direct dispose and govern all creatures and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence to the end for 
to the end for which they were created, according unto his infallible foreknowledge, in the free and immutable counsel of his own will. So there's a lot packed into that statement. Ton. But the idea that um, because of who he is, he can govern from the greatest things of the creation of the universe and the narrative narrative of humanity down to the smallest things. Like you said, like like the, the grass that grows and the, the leaves on the trees. Like he governs all of that and he governs it perfectly according to his infallible, his unmistakable foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will. He's not asking around. He's yeah. like, hey, I need some advice. Like it's it's freely his um, plan that he is orchestrating and working on the massive details, the massive narrative of redemption for humanity, but also in the, the intricacies and the little things, the things that we, we can often view as insignificant. God is is right there holding that thing together and seeing it work for his plan and our good. Yeah. Yeah. So which, which ties into, I think the a portion down here, Rick, I'm going to let you go right into your other topic here because it just, it slides right into it. The section seven nice. of the 1689 yeah. on this, which I think is also in the Westminster, which is also section seven. So on the 1689 mm-hmm. and the Westminster, this is chapter five that we're looking at. Of providence. Um, yeah, chapter yeah. five, providence. So when we say section, like we said, these confessions, they're big. And so they have chapters, and then they have sections within the chapters. Sounds like the like revised code, like state laws. You <laughs> I know? know, I know. Section 5.7. Category A. Um, so whereas the, the abstract in New Hampshire, they kind of just have their own sections or their own chapters, whatever you want to call them, but they just have like a paragraph or two for each of those. Yeah, the Westminster and the 1689, they have a lot more, which makes, I mean, it's really helpful. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah. go so, ahead and, so this, and say what says, that says. As the providence of God doth in general reach to all creatures, so after a more special manner it take, taketh care of his church and disposeth of all things to the good thereof. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of God's provision over all things, um, he has a special care f- f- and and for his church, for his people, and he does it for our good. Now I, I think it's good to to pull this out one because we can we can look at God's providence and we can kind of lay it across all of humanity and say, okay, that's God's providence for all of humanity. And, and in a sense, some of those things are true: creation, common grace. Um, but there's a special attention he gives. And one might say, well, obviously, but it's it's good to remember that he provides for his church. He yeah. sees it through. Yeah. And and I'm talking like the the church, like Little C Catholic, right? The, all the bodies of Christ, but also like as like made up of people, us. Yeah. As the church. Yeah. When you say Catholic, you don't mean Roman Catholic. Just oh, absolutely. To clarify, the Roman stop. Um. So yeah. So and this, Amen. Amen to that. And and the the sixteen and the Westminster both address how he does that. So what Rick said there about how he does provide for his church and he does see these things to pass and he does ensure that the church is not uh, I mean Jesus even said like on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against oh, it. On well, Peter. Um, yeah. That's We're right. Talking about, it's not Peter. <laughs> not. It's Peter's confession. Yeah. Um however, what we see is that He's 
the 689 and the Westminster say how this takes place. So are we passive in that or are we participatory in some way? And so they say in chapter two, and I'm going to read chapter two and then I'll transition to chapter three, but I'll let you know in chapter three. So in chapter, or not chapter two, in section two of chapter five, it says, although in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, the first cause, all things come to pass immutably and infallibly. So there's no mistakes, no errors. So that there is not anything befalls any by chance or without his providence. Yet by the same providence, he ordereth them to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. So God being the first cause, the one who is setting this providence up, mm-hmm. he uses his people and he uses other things as second causes, secondary causes. And so people who adopt the reform position or view the reform position as, oh, they we can now be passive because God's sovereign over all things. We don't have to do anything. God's going to take care of it. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes and no. Like, yes, in that it is completely up to God to bring someone who's spiritually dead to spiritual life. However, God answers the prayers of his people. God does that through the people sharing the gospel and someone responding to it. We are called to participate and to be faithful. And so... Yeah, we, so I, I'd say it's not it's not a, a partnership. No, no, like it, right. not, not an equal partnership at least. But it, it is a... a, a um, a master, the Lord saying, "This is how I want to do it." Yeah. And us as His um, servants and, and His children, right? A father saying, "This is how it needs to be done." And the children saying, "Saying to the children, do it this way." Yeah, because because there's right. a there's a age long debate between what's called monergism and synergism, mm-hmm. and those are fancy words, but essentially synergism says that um, God has done all that He can. Now the rest is up to us. And so we participate in some small way in our salvation. Monergism says, nope, it's completely up to God. We're dead. We, we literally have no ability to participate. We are completely dependent on God to make us alive. And the orthodox position is monergism. And so that's what we would embrace. So that it is God. Is it, there's no orthodox? Because that's Someone I mean, smarter than me would have to... Correct but, me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like Arminianism. Arminianism in a more extended sense, I think, because I, I think Arminians... So Catholics would be... Yes. Uh, yes, synergistic. Yeah, synergistic. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys, we're not smart enough to dig into the weeds on that. We're just kind of give you a big lay of the land. So... Mm. Isn't that fun to just pull out that word, you know, that phrase? Yeah. Just the lay of the land. And then you have to dig a little deeper and expose yeah. me for There's not There's a lot being... of, like, agricultural or, like, soil... Um, what's the word? Um, geological phrases going on here. Lay the land, dig up, mm, dig deep. That's true. Weeds. Yeah, we're really farmers. We're theological farmers, baby. <laughs> Plant those theological Free trade. <laughs> um, uh, we've been, uh, so the the point of the the 1689 and the Westminster here is to say that although God is provident and sovereign over all these things. Yeah. Um, he uses secondary means like the prayers of his people or the 
evangelizing of his people going out and evangelizing or his people going about everyday life. He uses those things to accomplish his, his will. So now chapter three, God in his ordinary providence maketh use of means yet is a, yet is free to work without above and against them at his pleasure. So although he uses his people and although he uses nature and everyday life to bring about his plan, bring about his, um, what is it called? His will of, is that the one you want? Yeah. Will of decree. Is that the one that's secret? Like it's kind of close to the chest. We don't know it. Will of desire, will of decree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His will of desire doesn't always happen. Yep. His will of decree does. Yep, 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 yep. Will of decree. Thank you, Rick. Mm -hmm. So he uses his people to accomplish that, but then he's free to just intercede. Mm -hmm. And so God in his ordinary providence maketh use of means, yet is free to work without, above, and against them at his pleasure. So we see that God is not um, required to just operate within this box of having to use the things which he created. He can intercede anytime he wants. Boom. Boom. I mean, I think he just just crushed it. Oh, thanks. Do you have anything else that you want to go over? Should I hop into my next thing? Um, yeah, so that's what we are. We talked about that and and you're going to get your take on that. But I I think it's good that we understand uh, there's an element of how God works that we we need to we need to understand and seek and pursue but there's an element where it talks about first cause second cause and and it can become very academic mm-hmm. but again remember like the lord it's 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 those causes that brought you to salvation right his first cause to 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 change and regenerate you but he used the church he used a christian or christians believers to also do that work. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about God's providence or whatever we're talking about on any episode, remember, like really pull it down and say, okay, how'd that play out in my own life? Right? How, how does God's you know will of decree and how does his providence and how does, how does the first cause, second cause, how does that play out? Well, it's hard to map all that out and figure it all out on everything. But it, that's why we rest in, hey, he, he's sovereign, he's good, but he is working these things. And just as he's used other people to, to witness to and, and, and to reach you, so we also need to be, you know, fulfill that second cause calling that he's put on us. Yeah. To yeah. be a gospel witness and to share Christ and to make disciples. Yeah. Basically, anything outside of God himself would be a second cause. Mm-hmm. Easy way to remember it. So sometimes God, in his providence, allows us to suffer. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is. Um, an age-long thing of if God is all good and if God is all sovereign, then why is there evil in the world? And that in and of itself would not, like we could not cover all of the arguments and whatnot within an episode. Or understand. Yeah, or even understand. (laughs) Like I don't claim to understand all of them. However, the position that I take, and Rick, you you can speak for yourself on this, but We've had to dig into this in, in some of the classes that I've had to take, but the position that I take, which is, surprise, surprise, um, typical of the Reformed position, is that God is using those things to bring about a greater good mm-hmm. than what otherwise would have taken place. 
So we see that in the life of Joseph. So had Joseph and his brothers all just gotten along and been buddies, then Joseph never would have been sold into slavery. Mm -hmm. He never would have been at Potiphar's place. And if, let's say, even if that happened, and he was like at Potiphar's place. A, a tavern place. or something. Yeah. Old Potiphar's place. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice little alliteration there. Um, and Potiphar's wife lied about him. And if she wouldn't have lied about him, then he never would have been thrown in jail. If he never would have been thrown in jail, he never would have interpreted those dreams of the other two guys there. Then the guy who was freed, um, like, never would have remembered him, and he never would have been brought to Egypt. And then if he never been brought to Egypt, then thousands of people would have died of starvation because of the famine that was going through. So had God not allowed those sinful and wicked things to happen to Joseph, then many people would not have been saved from the famine. And in the same way, had God not allowed the most wicked thing in the world, the most wicked thing to ever take place of people beating and crucifying his perfect son, mm -hmm. then we would never have the opportunity to be saved from our sin because Jesus on the cross took that sin and bared the wrath of God on behalf of all who would repent of their sin and trust him as their Lord and Savior. Had God not allowed that to happen, right. which that was clearly sinful, mm -hmm. had he not allowed that to happen, then salvation would not be possible. And so God allows these things. I'm going to poke a little hole in that. Okay, well, hold on. Let me finish oh, my thought. Okay. For the sake of bringing about a greater good. Now go ahead, poke a hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, if God never allowed suffering, he wouldn't have needed to send his son. You mean sin? If he never allowed sin? sin? Yeah, if he, if he would have ne never allowed sin, which brought about suffering, he wouldn't have had to send his son to be sinned against and then suffer yep which is a common common response so had god not allowed sin then his people would never know of his justice or of his mercy or of his grace so right. because sin has entered the world we now are able to be shown mercy yes. not get what we deserve right. be shown grace receive what we don't deserve and we would not have known god's justice in addressing sin i get what you're saying I agree with you on that. Yeah. I was saying, you, you made the statement, if if God never allowed suffering, then he wouldn't, then Christ couldn't pay the price for our sins because he had to suffer and be sinned against. So, in a sense, um, what you're saying, though, is if, if there was just um, a sinless world, and it would have been perfect, it would have been amazing, but God's plan, which we need to be a little bit cautious of trying to figure out all of God's plans because... And if, if you can wrap your mind around everything God does, it's a pretty puny God. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he, if he is loving and he's just, and he's proven to be those things, he's proven again and again, not just in the Word, but just throughout history, then you know it's for his glory and for those who follow him for our good. And uh, Candace and I were talking like Richard Wormbrand, the guy who started Voice of the, Voice of the Martyrs, spent 14 years in prison. For his faith, wow. you know, first by the by the Nazis and then by the by the Russians, and just tortured all, all the stuff. It's like, man, how how can that happen, right? How mm -hmm. can Christians be beheaded and all these things? Well, it's because we have a greater hope. So so to look at the world and, and see chaos and see darkness, that is, it's sad. It, it breaks our heart. Genuinely, um, it's wicked and it breaks our heart. 
But we have a hope that, that God will make everything right. Yeah. So we enter into the conversation, why did God allow sin or why does God allow suffering? It's not a hopeless uh, conversation because God does make everything right. Yeah. And, and I think w- as far as answering the initial question, one, as you clearly articulated very well, it's for God's glory. He, he, he reveals his justice, his, these characteristics, these attributes of God in a very clear way. Um, but it's, it's also for us to, to trust him in what he's doing. You know, there's an element of we're, we're following, we have this faith in him, and we do not understand everything he's doing or how he's going to work everything out. But yet, he has proven to be faithful again and again and again, and so we trust him in that. And then ultimately, we have to we have to rest with some mystery because there's not a way to f- to figure that all out. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what I was saying earlier wasn't necessarily that God allows. Are you suffering. still are you still frustrated about that? I mean, no, no, I just, no. I just want I, to make sure because I think I think you misrepresented me. And oh, this is, this okay. is my my any one oh. coming out right. <laughs> um, I was saying God allowed sin. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't equate sin and suffering to be the right. same thing. So, so what you said was suffering. God, being, if if God didn't allow sin and suffering, then he couldn't have he couldn't have like Christ wouldn't have died on the cross. Yeah, yeah. For so, that, so, and I'm saying he wouldn't have needed to. Okay. Yeah. I think I think I understand what you're saying. Did I misrepresent you? No, you said suffering earlier. Like like I said, suffering as being equal with sin. I was I wasn't trying oh, to. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, baby. I just right here in front of everybody. We for apologize. all the audience. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. <laughs> Dang it. Hey, side, side note: my toes like bleeding. You see that? Whoa! Could you grab me a tissue? From where? Right over there. There's tissues over there. Oh man! See your yeah. Office. You know where it is? So no. I had a hangnail. And while you were talking, I was like oh, trying to rip this thing off. You went and it, for it. It ripped a little too far. Bad idea. <laughs> okay, so this other portion, while Rick gets me a tissue for my very bloody toe, I'm gonna take. A, should Blood I take a picture everywhere. of this and put it on on the thing? Um, no, that's, that's probably gross. Okay, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, so there's another portion that gets into the the suffering aspect, and the London and the um, the Westminster Long-winded. address this. So, this is a fairly long portion. I say fairly long. It's longer than the other portions we've read, but it's good. It says, The most wise, righteous, and gracious God doth oftentimes leave for a season his own children to manifold temptations and the corruptions of their own hearts, to chastise them for their former sins, or to discover unto them the hidden strength of corruption and deceitfulness of their hearts, that they may be humbled, and to raise them to a more close and constant dependence for their support upon himself, and to make them more watchful against all future occasions of sin, and for other just and holy ends, so that whatsoever befalls any of his elect is by his appointment for his glory and their good. Mm. So God will oftentimes, it's, it's saying, remove himself a little bit. Just take a step back from his children so that the temptations and the corruptions of sin can be more clear in their life. So so that, because if he just left it there, that would be that would be mean. That would be a cruel parent to take a step back like that. But it's so that they can see how powerful sin is and how much they need God. So And then in so doing, they can then see how um, how much they depend on him, 
and they can then see how prevalent sin is mm -hmm. and recognize it more clearly in the future. And so in so doing, all of these things, God is equipping his people to walk more faithfully by taking a step back and letting temptation and corruption become more clearly seen in the life of a believer. The, the right response is to say, wow, like I didn't realize how corrupt I was, but I'm more flawed than I ever realized, but I'm also more loved than I ever realized because I have a father who has shown me this and I now realize more than I did before how much I need to depend on him and how sufficient he is to overcome this thing that is this temptation, this effect of sin that is far stronger than I had previously realized. So it magnifies God's strength, it magnifies our understanding of sin, and it should drive us back to God. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, uh, either taking like the, the goggles off or, or having like a lens that helps us to see more clearly the, the reality of the current state of our, our fallenness, our need for a Savior, and who that Savior is, and the distance He has gone for us. Um, and, it, and it's good to remember in all this, God is, He is like, so gracious. Did you get blood everywhere? I know. It's a bloody tissue. It's a bloody tissue. Um, when we get another snapshot? Yeah, take a picture. Don't worry about it. Cheers. <laughs> um, anyway, point being, um, in his goodness and in his graciousness, he allows us to see us for who we are and for us to see what he's offered and what he's done for us. And he's constantly showing us his goodness. Uh, God is, he's sovereign, he's good, he's not, but he's not like, um, he's not arrogant, he's not sinfully proud. Yeah, no. He is loving and gracious and, and always ready to um, show that to us. Yeah, so um, wrapping this thing up with uh, what we typically do, the head, heart, hands. We're done, we haven't done that in a, a good minute. I know. We're 50 minutes in, so let's let's do it really quick Ooh. here. But when it comes to our head, mm. the understanding of God's providence, of his sovereignty over all things. So you have to couple that. You have to with the, the truth that God is good. Because if he was not good, then that would be one of the scariest doctrines, his sovereignty and his providence over everything. The fact that he controls and is in charge of and oversees everything mm -hmm. is really freaky if if he's not good oh yeah but we know that god is good so the doctrine of his providence should comfort us right so that when you are in the midst of the the worst season of your life when you do lose a loved one when you are let go of your job when you're not sure how you're going to pay your bills when the disease the diagnosis does come yeah you can know okay this has not escaped God's sovereignty. This has not escaped his providence. He is working this. If I'm, if I'm his, he is working this for my good. If you're not a believer, then you don't have that confidence. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are uh, someone who is depending on him as their savior and is submitting to them as their Lord, then you can know that this season is for your good. And that's easy to say as someone who is on who is not currently in a really difficult season, but I have been there. Rick has been there. We have experienced these things, and we can attest that God has used them for our good in ways that we recognize shortly after and ways that we're still recognizing today.
Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of part of that is is with your with your heart. There's this understanding. There's this um, the reality of of God working in your life, and that He sustains you, and that He's um, walking with you, and that He's orchestrating things. If you're a follower of Christ, for your good, and so as believers and followers after or of Jesus Christ, after His heart, we need to in our understand and. and take great joy in this doctrine. This should create great um, peace and joy in us that we are serving a, not just a sovereign God who's over everything, but a sovereign God who is, who is providentially set about His plan that from eternity past involved us and is involving us in that. And it's for His glory and it's for our good. And so create great joy in our heart and great um, um satisfaction in who God is and what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes to our hands, so let's say it's it's Tuesday and you're at work and it's or maybe it's, it's Wednesday. Maybe it's Wednesday. They're on the new website. <laughs> That's right. They're on the new website. That's right. Um but let's say you're just in the middle of your week and you're trying to think figure out how does the doctrine of God's providence apply to me right now. Yeah. And whatever circumstance you're in, good or bad Tim Keller says that the two biggest testing points in your life is when things are going extremely well and when things are going extremely extremely poorly. So whether it's good or bad, ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me today? Um, and what does he want me to learn? So like, if, let's say you are going through a season that is that feels like the valley, um, valley of death, okay? And you're not sure. Let God know. God, I don't know what you're trying to show me here, but please make it make it clear to me. In the upcoming days, show me what you're trying to teach me with this because I, I do know that you are good and I do know that you're using this for my good and that you're sovereign over it. So you have intentionally allowed me to go through this season. Help me understand what you're trying to show me. And, and, and in so doing, we pray that your hope in God and that your trust in God and that your love for God will increase whether it's a good season or a difficult season that you're in with a greater understanding of God's providence. Maybe that'll preach. That'll preach. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks for uh, hanging in there for uh, kind of an extra long episode. Yeah, just as like we, last one. Um, Yeah. Is it the same time, 55? Pretty close. We're closing in on it. Wow. One of these days we're going we're gonna to get to an hour. We'll see. See if we can break an hour someday. Well, when you have like 15 minutes of banter in the beginning. Um, so, and... Uh, Mr. Dan, Daniel, we we, we love you, Dan. We Thank apologize. you for calling in. You don't even know. How can you say you love him? Because we're Christians, we're brothers in Christ. How do you know he's a Christian? I don't actually. I hope. I, I, I guess a good you don't love him. That he is. <laughs> but we even love our enemies, Rick. Good vibes. Who said he's your enemy? <laughs> I'm not saying he's my enemy. I'm just saying whether he's a Christian or not, we love him. Do you? Yeah. What do you got? You need to make him like a little gift basket or something. I'm not going to do that. Give him a little bit of merch. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> With like 15 calls. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you guys, though. Um, always check out the website, simpletheology.org. It's new. And um, we're on Insta, Simple Theology Pod. And um, there's the kids. We also, what's the phone number? 614-233-1098. 614-233-1098. That's right. Call, leave us a voicemail, guys. Peace. Peace.